There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com motivation from world-class instructors we're gonna pick it up a notch it's the holiday season you might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes from running to cycling to yoga try peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial new members only not available in remote locations see additional terms at onepeloton.com home dash trial peloton motivation that moves you Yes, yes. Welcome into the Tim McKernan Show from the HomeLoanExpert.com studios. It is Wednesday, June 15th, 2022. My name is Timothy Michael McKernan, and I'm sitting across from Action Jackson, Virgin Pringle Sauce Boss. Tell me what the word is. The The word word is Celtics. The word is Celtics, yeah. Got to extend the series. And uh, the word is hydration. In In this heat, if you're not hydrated... You're, you're asking for trouble. I am going to go out and get some work in. Yeah. Uh, Iggy and I have the incredibly anticipated member guest tournament this week. Uh, Jackson, uh, what are your expectations for our pairing? See, Iggy is the la- I played with Iggy a week ago tomorrow. So thir- last Thursday I played with Iggy. And I'm not joking. He hit every fairway. That's big. He hit every fairway with his drive. It wasn't like... There was ones where he kind of got lucky. Were there he, ones where they start on the left side and they cut back in, I assume? That's oh, yeah. His patented cut was very, but it was a yeah. tighter cut. Tight. It wasn't, tight. It wasn't like a swinging cut where he kind of gets in trouble. Right. It was a tight, almost a butter cut. Like hearing this. Yeah, and it was really great to see that. Uh, he's got he's got good, even-tempoed swing, which is something you can't really teach. You just kind of have to develop on your own. Uh, he had some short game issues. He had some short game issues, but he worked with Skip. He worked on his putting. I think you're going to see a relaxed, calm Ken. I'm just nervous for both of you about the heat. And it might be my dad coming out because my dad always would be so nervous about heat whenever I would play sports outside. But I'm, I'm just nervous about the heat. Other than that— Well, I'm Timmy Two Gloves. <laughs> I am Timmy Two I've Gloves. I actually ordered them just on the off chance it was going to be hot, and I ordered them. My name reminds me. Let's see where the status is. I haven't gotten them yet. I guess oh, I can no. go to a place and pick some up, yeah, but I just order them. Uh, yeah, but I already have, but I just, uh, for real, a backup yeah, because it is one. so yeah. important. Yep. Try, yeah, it still hasn't been order placed on June 8th. Where the hell are these things? <laughs> this cost us money. So, uh, yeah, Iggy's out there getting work in and, uh, yeah, I think I'm gonna have to go to a store. I don't know where the hell these things are. So, uh, that's what we're doing this weekend. So TMA will be off on Friday, mm-hmm. best of. Uh, and uh, then we'll be back to recap it. But I'll be on uh, Instagram with Iggy, yep. updating in a weird way, although I like it. See, I like it. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is a lot of interest in this, even though it's, if I may, so dumb. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. But that's also on brand. Right. That is that is, that is is on brand. So uh, that is, uh, that's what uh, we've got going on here this week. And as we, what are we, episode, is this 498? Is this, this 499? 498. Okay. The people are coming through with requests for deep dives. 
And I knew they would. Yeah. And so now at this point, now I have to pick which deep dives to go into. Right. And uh, and that's what we will do here. What did we do last week? Oh, we did the basically the, the 590, the man, 1380, the woman, and the 920 thing. Yeah, got some great feedback on that one. Yeah, and I... I guess, I guess I feel like I've talked about a lot of that before, but I guess I've never really talked about that before. Maybe you probably, because you weren't around for it. You were in high school. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, I don't even know, honestly, if... And I, there's no way in the world Doug listens to this. Uh, <laughs> doubtful. I mean, God, there was something here within the last couple of days. Uh, either, either way, where he, you know, he he just does his thing. He, I don't know who to compare. I feel like I compare him to, like, an athlete, you know? Kind of Goldschmidt in a way. It's like, like Dean s- Martin, actually. Mm. You know, he's part of the Rat Pack, right. and people think it's one thing, but he just wants to do his thing and then be, yeah. you know. Uh, and I'm not comparing us to the Rat Pack. I'm comparing him to Dean Martin and not really being involved in right. the, the. We're song bigger and than dance. the Rat Pack. We're, that, thank you, because yeah. I because that would be diminishing yeah. being on HD2 Radio and Market 23 <laughs> and how significant this all is. Right. But. Um, so yeah, uh, we're we're off, and uh, and and so with uh, the the podcast, perhaps this can fill the void of because uh, I know there's going to be complaints and like why isn't the show on? It was a decision that you know I guess basically you know management you and I made yeah. on how to handle it. So uh, if you want to listen, this would be a time to listen on Friday morning when there is no live show. Yeah, and what. Uh, I've talked about here, and I guess this is what people want. I'm happy to do it. Uh, are some of these, you know, kind of history, these eras of TMA, the morning grind, um, and uh, and I guess they're stories that I haven't told. But to me, they're not really that. I don't know. I've, I've, I've I don't know. I've lived them, so I guess I don't see them as being that revealing. But I guess sure. when people hear them, they're like, holy shit. Even yeah. though I still haven't, you know, gotten... I, I've still never gone into, like, the really... The dark areas, so to speak. Um, and I think maybe at some point I will. I don't know. I don't know. But uh, it, I, I, think it give, I think it gives people an understanding of some of the crap that's gone on. Right. And, uh, and it, at the very least, context on it. So we have two today, and I'm going to let you choose. Okay. So Sadie Hawkins. Cool. Um, before we get to the choice, Jackson gets to make the choice and we'll probably do the other one next week. Yeah. Uh, homeloanexpert.com sponsor of our studios here on the Tim McKernan show. Thank you to Ryan Kelly. Ryan Kelly was in here last week. Great to see him. Took his son to the Warriors and Celtics for game five in San Francisco. That's super cool. His son's a huge fan. And so he got to take him there. Uh, here's the deal right now. And, um, who's telling me this? They sold their house and got a bunch of letters from the people who were trying to buy it because that's what people are trying to do because it's so competitive to get a home right now uh, that people will try to write, I don't try, they do write emotional letters trying to explain what they would like to do with the home and try to get people to sell it to them. That is how competitive the home buying market is right now. So you got to be working with a strong mortgage lender. And also working with a mortgage lender that has the tools other mortgage lenders don't have. Work with an expert at thehomeloanexpert.com. I've been pre-approved with Ryan Kelly, and I can tell you the process is incredibly easy, and it's so valuable to get it done. It's Ryan Kelly, thehomeloanexpert.com. And life insurance with James Carlton. James's team is uh, has a simple, non-threatening approach to life insurance. They ask a few simple questions, and if you didn't make it home tomorrow, what would you want to happen? Do you currently have plans in place to make that happen for your family? Would you like to see how inexpensive it can be 
to make sure what you want to happen will happen, even if you're not here to see it happen. It's so important. That's one of the things I did do right. Uh, I don't even know why, but I did. I got life insurance at a young age. Uh, 314-961-4800 or go online at carltoninsurance.net. It is important, and I'm grateful uh, that I got on that at a young age. James Carlton of the Carlton State Farm Insurance Agency and Mark Hanna of Evergreen Wealth Strategies. Jackson, tell the people. Tell the people. Mark Hanna is the best. Mark Hanna is an excellent person, super intelligent, cares about each individual he works with, and I think that's so crucial. You know, your financial future is super important, no matter what age you're at. If you're at my age, it's obviously very important. If you're saving up for retirement, if you're saving up for college, uh, for your kids, any situation, your financial future is very important. So you want someone you can trust working with you and helping you strategize how you're going to plan that out. Mark Hanna is that person to a T. Mark Hanna cares about each individual he works with, customizes plans for people, and then if you ever need to make an adjustment or ever just need that call because you're worried about something or need some advice on something, Mark Hanna is that person every single time. I love working with Mark Hanna, and you'll love working with him too. So if you don't have anybody, if you're just throwing money into a savings account, no real plan, no real strategy, give Mark Hanna a call. He'll get you straightened out. And if you already have somebody, strongly consider making the switch over to Mark Hanna. I think you're going to be really happy you did because he's the best in the business. 314-889-0503. Go online at evergreenstl.com. Mark Hanna, Evergreen Wealth Strategies. Also, Seth Goldcamp and Design Air Heating and Cooling. Sweet mother of mercy. I see Iggy's out there getting his work in right now. Let's right. see. Let's take a look at the app here, what the temperature is. 93 degrees, excessive heat warning. It's only getting hotter the rest of the day. It's going to get up to 98. Uh, uh, but Iggy's getting his work in. And to. the yeah. air quality is unhealthy for sensitive groups. Air quality index is 109, which is uh, unhealthy for people. So uh, if your air conditioning goes out, you got to go to designairservice.com, designairservice.com, design air heating and cooling. And Seth Goldcamp will have somebody out there quick, fast, in a hurry to take great care of you. It's Design Air Heating and Cooling online at designairservice.com. And I've asked Seth, I said, what's the best way for people if this happens, especially now over the next week or so? I mean, it doesn't really ever break. I think that the coolest it's going to be is a high of 90 on Saturday. Uh, he said, just go to designairservice.com. People email him. He doesn't get anything done quicker because our service techs are the ones that handle it. So click book now, and the service tech will be out there ASAP. Obviously, it is a busy time right now with how hot it is, but that's what you do. Go to designairservice.com and click book now. I am a Design Air Heating and Cooling client, and I love being a Design Air Heating and Cooling client. Designairservice.com. And finally, our fifth sponsor of the podcast at this moment in Tim McKernan's show history is Munganess, St. Louis Acura, and Alton Toyota. And even if you didn't get your car from Munganest, you can get it serviced at Munganest and work with Jamie Burkhardt, Clayton Patterson, Peter Munganest, and the incredible staff at Munganess, St. Louis Acura, and Alton Toyota. You can shop online anytime. Just go to stlouisacura.com or altontoyota.com. They're the best, the official automotive provider of the Tim McKernan Show and TMA. It's Munganess, St. Louis Acura, and Alton Toyota. All right. The deep dives, I will macro them for you. Sure. The deep dive request. And I, I think I know where you're going to go, mm. but I don't know. Okay. Uh, essentially, the history of the morning grind. Mm. So how it all came to be right. and what went on that really kind of ended it. And I would say the morning grind ended. I guess by definition it ended. It officially, the title ended when I left in June of 2007, but I was the last person to turn the lights out. Uh, Prod Joe was whacked in August or September of 06. 
Martin quit in October of 06, and the cat was whacked in January of 07. The show started in July of 04, so we'll be celebrating our 18th anniversary uh, here in a few weeks. And then, uh, and I don't have that email up. This one was sent via DM from Timmy Recaps. Ah. Uh, and it's the, essentially, uh, to summarize without reading the whole thing, when did you know you had an audience that was super engaged in nearly everything you were doing? Uh, and he said, I'm sure there's a more elegant way to pose the topic, but the fact that since I've been a listener, every GoFundMe hits the target, every campaign to raise money for listeners or whatever, or for whatever reason exceeds expectations, charitable contributions, not to part of the audience always shows up when asked and he asks for examples and what I think the catalyst is. So there it is. At some point I'll, I'll probably do one this week and one the next week. Right. Um, Jackson, it's a Sadie Hawkins. I filled up my water. I'm prepared. I feel like with something that just happened with Wellington and Chris Nagel and the donation we made to the veterans golf simulator, the audience made, I should say that for this week, it'd be great to do that. And then next week, getting closer to that 18th anniversary you do we do the morning grind okay. uh, origin so i feel like timmy recaps question this week all right that's what we're going with then. Yeah. here it is uh morning tim i know you're getting into deep dives lately and thought this might be a good topic on the heels of the most recent gofundme you posted there it is you yeah. and timmy recaps are on the same page yeah. when did you know you had an audience that was super engaged in nearly everything you were doing I'm sure there is a more eloquent way to pose the topic, but the fact that since I've been a listener, every GoFundMe hits the target, every campaign to raise money for listeners for whatever reason exceeds expectation, charitable contributions are knocked out of the park, and the audience always shows up when asked. Was it immediate? Was there a catalyst? To what do you attribute the engagement? How has the audience demographic changed in your X number, uh, amount of years? Are other shows and hosts in the market jealous or envious that you know of? Lastly, and I guess it's a, quote, look at us type of thing, but have you ever tried adding up all the money TMA has raised for its various campaigns and fundraisers? Wow, that final one, I've honestly never even thought of it, and I'm just thinking off the top of my head. Yeah, the big number, obviously. I mean, for sure, it was Larry Nichols, the biggest, and I think that was 65000 and Joe Basler's family, and that was into the 30,000s, 35,000. Yeah. So, I mean, right there, I know we're over 100. Yeah. So, over the years, I mean, just with those two, but, I mean, we've been doing the Dotem and yeah. other charity events. It's a, it's a really good question. Honestly, it's not one that I would have expected. Right. But it, then it kind of gets and then it kind of gets into some other elements of the show and what's going on to cause it. Because I've never thought about a few of those things. Some of the things when when he sent me that, and he sent me it on Tuesday, I see, um, and I wrote back, I said, that's interesting because there, there are some moments that stand out to me that are eye-opening, and I want to make sure I try to remember them all. To me, the morning grind caught people's attention, and I don't know what this was about, but the guys who bought KFNS from the group that was headed by Greg Marisek. That's where my dad was the general sales manager um, from 1998 to 2004. And they sold that radio station. And this is, you know, this is just a fact. It's, it's public information. So this isn't like a dick tracing moment at, you know, parties in the park. And it's not like, you know, I, I was involved in it. I was in college. Uh, they sold that thing, I believe for $13 million. Um, 
I can only speak for myself with regards to buying KFNS. I assure you, the price I was talking about was not that. No. <laughs> or even a lot less than that. Right. <laughs> or even a lot, 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 lot less than that. Yeah. That, by the way, that whole thing, how about that whole deal? Yeah. That, the way that was portrayed mm. was like, and I'm not, this isn't shitting on you because I have a feeling it, it, when you're uh, 45, you're going to have more money than I have at 45 at all. But you could go buy when I was doing it, you could have done it. This right. wasn't this wasn't like a right. wow, he's really made it. <laughs> it was it was there for a lot of people. <laughs> right, right. And it was discussed in the newspaper like it almost was a classified ad for it. <laughs> uh probably like six times. Uh so it was not some huge accomplishment. And if anything, it is one of the greatest bullets I've ever dodged in mm-hmm. business. Yeah. Um so with that said, I think there's a misperception on that. But with with KFNS at the time, the Atlanta group that bought it for like thirteen million dollars in two thousand four, Jackson, they came to the market big on ratings. And one of the things I talked about with Dan Marshall last week was he was really into ratings, which is how I knew he was going to fail. There were a few reasons, but that that just that taking out any other elements. That's if you go into it talking about ratings on KFNS, if we talked about ratings on 105.7 HD2 now, right. for example, it would be a failed mission. Uh-huh. Uh, that that was that's a problem. And so the guys in Atlanta who bought it had a great amount of success with a station. I believe it was called 790 The Zone. I'm going to see if that's even still around. I don't know. It was successful. That was that wasn't a joke. Mm-hmm. Let me see. 790 The Zone in Atlanta. Oh, it's ESPN 790 The Zone now. But it says permanently closed. Oh, wow. How about this? Oh, shit. It's been gone for seven years. Wow. How about that? Wow. I wonder what the hell happened. That's interesting. They had a 20th reunion party. This is now just me basically just talking to myself. <laughs> 23. Let me see if there are any of the guys I recommend or recognize. Uh, I see uh, Chris uh, Domino. Remember him? Do you remember him at all? I feel like I've recognized him. He was name. legitimately really good. Okay. I see a couple that, you know. Uh, that's that's where the cat's tough and cool thing came from. The that's Atlantic where it was tough group, and cool right. radio, right? So they come in, and their big thing is ratings. Um, and that's just you know it's a it's a it's a it's misguided at KFNS, but they subscribed to the service. Got it. Yeah. And so I remember some people in radio saying, and for me, Martin and the cat television when we started that show was our primary job Uh and where we were all making more money than radio uh it it eventually changed for me um but i mean i was martin's a sports director and the cat was at fox sports midwest and i was the number three guy at kmov so i was easily of the three making the least in television um so with all with that with, with that all said some people in radio hey we're noticing what's going on with the the numbers on on the morning grind mm-hmm. and we got to third in the market with men 25 to 64 which is or 25 to 54 which is kind of which caught people's attention mm-hmm. with that said the morning grind never got to the level that tma got to and i feel like it got i feel like the world kind of changed but i didn't know it changed when we started our own thing at it, 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 it 9.20, mm-hmm. even though 
we were, I was just doing that just to keep the thing going. Right. That we got a lot of people on board, and I don't really know how or why because it wasn't it wasn't like let's have a big marketing campaign. It just kind of happened. I guess people were cheering for us and invested in it. Sure. And so, to me, if you're looking for a moment, even though it wasn't like a moment, like I'm seeing this, that is with the benefit of hindsight, a moment when the show went from what it was. And it still is described as a cult-like show here. Yeah. And I would describe it as a cult-like show. But it's right. clearly increasing in listenership. We got our podcast download numbers yesterday. <laughs> you weren't aware of them. No. I wasn't aware of them. We just had a big sales meeting. And I believe it was uh, Kelly Hanna, who's the general sales manager for TMA and for 101 ESPN, was going through these numbers. She goes, and by the way, final number, the podcast downloads for May of 2022. And it is, we are approaching doubling, I guess at this point, it is a 66% increase. It actually is. That's the math from our previous high, which was October of 2021. Yeah, it's, 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 I'm kind of, I think they're kind of going, what in the world? I mean, we're for real. I knew the advertising would be there and I knew the audience would be there. I didn't expect some of the other things that are going on, which is incredibly exciting. Hopefully, if you're listening to this podcast, hopefully you're happy for us i mean you got to really you got to really be hate listening to like search out my podcast and like listen to it yeah um so with that with that all said 2004 through 2000 uh the man woman thing in 2013 the show was that's kind of like the beginning where it changed to to what it has become here over the last eight nine years and so then there were moments where you actually were able to see that Mm mm-hmm I think the first one would be we did these, and I don't know whose idea it was. Part of me wants to say it was Jay Boyd's, but I don't know because he was handling InsideSTL.com, mm-hmm. the, the actual website, where we did these Doug Vaughn suspension T-shirts. Mm-hmm. And we were doing a live remote from Friendly's on the south side. When Denny was killing it at yeah. Friendly's, and it was such he's such a great guy, and the fried chicken was so damn good, and we did a live remote from there, and I did this thing that I'm still doing to this day, um, which is showing up, you know, seven oh five, same thing. Yeah. Rizzuto looks at me and just goes, "How in the fuck do you do it?" And I look at him and I go, "How in the fuck?" Because he gets <laughs> yeah, in at right, three, right? And I get in at seven oh five, um. But he, you know, he goes, well, see, we leave right away. You stay. And I go, yeah, I don't know. I guess I would rather, I would rather, I would rather do that than get it in three. But he said, I just need to be able to right. yeah. do that for his peace of mind. Sure. So anyway, I walk in at 7.05, but there's a line out the door of Friendly's to get these Doug Vaughn suspension t-shirts. I think my brother was uh, Is that right? at the front of the line that day. That was a moment I couldn't believe it. Yeah. I mean, we're doing a remote, I believe for 9.20. It's seven in the morning yep. in in South City, and people are lined up out the door to get a T-shirt. Yep. And I remember walking in and probably looking at Doug and the cat, and I don't know who was producing at that time. Like, what the fuck's going on? Right. You know, this wasn't like, a, oh, we'll give away T-shirts and everybody will show up, and then like <laughs> three people. Show. It was the complete opposite. Right. I, when I saw the line, I remember thinking, oh, well, I guess they're doing something here today. Yeah unrelated to us i was just like i'm i'm here unrelated us and that was a moment where i go holy shit another moment where i go holy shit was the first tma live and i think anna marie might have been there with me so this uh 
had to be before we had our first child. And I don't know what year it was. Jameson was born in August of 17. The so it had post? to be. Was it at the post? In... No, the, I I can I picture it's the hot shots that I think. Okay. I don't know if the hot, this one on Manchester and like that whatever that, that's closed. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, but that's, that was the one I believe. Right. Okay. Well, I remember driving up. And not being able to park and going, boy, somebody's got something going on here tonight. For real. <laughs> yeah. Like, that. this is I mean, it's, this is just the truth. It's not self-deprecating or anything like that. It's really what I thought. I'm going, God, what the fuck's going on here tonight? <laughs> you know, there's other restaurants. And I'm thinking they must yeah, have something yeah, going on. Yeah, yeah, I'm not even, you know, it doesn't even. And then I walk in and it's absolutely packed. And I'm still thinking... I guess they got some kind of special going on here. Right, in my wins. mind, there's going to be like 20 people. Right. And I know it's also in the mind of the people on the show because I know what the real, the real mindset of the people on the show has always been. Um, you know, if anything, honestly, it's, it's a shame that the, whomever, take your pick, Hubbard, iHeartRadio, Clear Channel, that was Clear Channel, now iHeartRadio, Entercom, now Odyssey, Hubbard has been your Bonneville, I don't even know what all the companies are, don't know what we know, mm-hmm. which is whoever does the deal with us first, they're going to be the envy of the market in the sense that they did it, and then internally they're going to go, why the fuck didn't we do this sooner? Because right. they've been here since 2004. Right. And, uh, you know... But whatever, it, 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 it's played out the way that it's played out. But internally, me, Doug, the cat, whoever was producing at the time, maybe that was a sea monster one, um, I know that none of us thought that that would happen. Mm-hmm. So it's not like we're like, of course they're here for us. You know, we walked in and just like, are these people here for us? Right. But as far as charity goes... Um, the one that to me stands out, I wonder if I can get the date just by typing it in. Um, let's see if I can get it. It'll probably come up. Uh, yeah, so it was 2016. So Officer Blake Snyder mm. was killed. And Doug somehow, and I'm not sure if it was wife's tie-in, somehow had a tie-in to Sparing Middle School. So this mm-hmm. is 2016. This isn't that long ago in the show's history. Um, and because of that tie-in with his family, we did this live broadcast from Sparing Middle School to raise money for backstoppers in honor of Officer mm-hmm. Blake Snyder. Right. You know, and be, and I think you know, I think in a in a vacuum, we'd go well, us sitting at a middle school isn't going to really do anything. Right. And we were there for three hours, as is the show runs. And if memory serves, we raised thirty-five thousand dollars. Unbelievable. And again, you're just thinking. Going into it, if you would have said, "What are we going to do?" and I would have thought, "I don't know, twenty-five hundred." Dead serious. Not, not. This isn't you know bullshitting. I'm uh-huh. just telling you exactly what I think. Experiences, mindsets. And so, so many people showed up that day, and then so many people donated that we raised. If memory serves, it was like thirty-five thousand dollars. Um, and that's, you know, that's, that's yeah, yeah, I just can't even, and and the thing is, and there are shows that are incredibly successful here that don't do that. Mm -hmm. And I want to make this clear. These shows are more from a listenership standpoint. And, and certainly part of it is 
the stations they're on. I mean, that's that's certainly a part of it. But the Rizzuto show, I say it, I feel like I'm talking about it all the time, but I want to try, try and drive it home because I really do like those guys, but also how successful that show is, how crazy. big to, yeah. to have one out of five listeners in Morning Drive listening to your show yeah. is incredible. Now, if we had a 20 share, I wouldn't talk about it like this. Right. Because it's not, and nor would anybody on the show talk about it like it. But uh, th- that just shows how strong that thing is. And so our audience, which is not as large as that, but it is certainly passionate, just rises to the occasion. And the one that you made reference to, Jackson, that is the one that, you know, was written about in the Post-Dispatch. Mm-hmm. So is when Larry Nickel was diagnosed with testicular cancer. And I went down to see him and his mom, and they were at St. Louis University Hospital. And... I just wanted to talk with him, mm-hmm. and then I also wanted to say, what What can I do? Mm-hmm. Tell me, you know, are you happy with the medical care you're getting? Are you? Is there anything that I can do? Period. Anything, and it's not. A, it's not. And I, I always, when I say this to people, I want them to know it's not like a because people when people say, let me know if there's something I can do. But then it's funny, and I don't know who I heard this in an interview said it's actually kind of putting the burden on the patient, so right. to speak, or the family, it's like, well, I don't have anything for you. Right. So I, when I've said this, and I've said it recently to a listener who some of the listeners would be aware of, but not the time to be talking about who it is, and I said, I want you to know this is not a, you know, this is not a thing I'm saying. Uh-huh. This is, this is, this is, you tell me, and yeah. we're going to get it done, and that's, right. that's it, and I'm going to figure out a way to get it done. Mm-hmm. And, he, and I remember him saying, because I know you're not just saying that, so if and when the time comes, I will certainly you know, let you know. So in the case of Larry and his mom, she goes, we really need money, yeah. you know? And she wasn't like, oh, well, let's see if we can get some money. We really need money. Mm-hmm. A few different reasons. Obviously, the medical costs. Uh, and if I'm not mistaken, he was out of work or she had just retired or something along those lines. And this is a few years ago. And I said, you name the dollar figure and I'm going to try and go get it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe our audience will come through. And... She said $10,000. Right. And I remember thinking at that moment, which I couldn't vocalize, I just, God. Because the thing about not being able to deliver that is what I think I would feel is if we, quote unquote, only raised 3000 for example, mm-hmm. then is that a reflection if you're Larry or his mom that right. Larry isn't Mm-hmm. You know, right? It's tough. It's really yeah, tough. isn't is loved or whatever right. it is because we came up short, and so I'm like, okay, we're gonna do it. But I'm thinking to myself, oh my god, ten thousand dollars. Yeah. And then I think we did ten thousand dollars within twenty four hours, if that. Mm-hmm. I feel like it might have even been quicker than that. And by we, I mean, I mean, I put in whatever, but it wasn't like I put in what a percent or something like that or two percent. So we isn't. I talked about it. The audience did it. Right. Uh, and then we wound up raising, and again, the audience, not me, like $65,000, I believe. Unbelievable. And, you know, I tell these stories, and I told the story about Wellington, and Wellington's wearing the TMA hat at, at the U.S. Open, and I said, what would you like me to do? I, you know, and he said, oh, you know, people just want to donate to Birdies for Bipolar. He goes, actually, the veterans, the Arlington Greens Veterans Golf Simulator is actually what I wanted to go to specifically. Uh, and I said, all right, cool. He didn't say, Hey, make it five grand. Mm-hmm. And I'm creating the GoFundMe and I'm like 2,500. And then I'm going, God, I always undershoot these things. Right. You know, I'm picturing these guys who we saw at the dotum, mm-hmm. 
you know, they're veterans. Yeah. Uh, some are, you know, incapacitated. They've lost friends. They, you know, whatever the case might be. And this is for them. Let's see if we can get this to 5,000. Mm-hmm. And here we are, and it was up for a day, and it was, you know, I think it's at 5,600 now. People are still donating, just like they did with the Larry Nickel thing. Yeah. I'm sure I'm leaving some out. Joe Basler, a listener, yeah. when he passed away. Yeah. Um, and this is at the end of the year. And, you know, here's, this is a little, in, I don't know, do with it what you want. It's just the truth. And I remember saying this to my wife. It takes me, I, if it takes me five minutes to create these things, it's, it's, it's long. I would, it takes me probably less than five minutes, somewhere mm-hmm. between three and five minutes to create these things. Mm-hmm. And in the whole scheme of things, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's not a lot of work to create them. Right. But the impact it has for the families mm-hmm. lasts a lifetime. Absolutely. Again, not because of the three minutes I put in. What I'm trying to drive home is, is you begin to, for the first time, I think, maybe, I think and for whatever reason, it was the Joe Basler one that, that opened my eyes. I remember saying this to my wife later that night after, you know, all of this money had come in for specifically for Joe's daughters who are, you know, they're young, I think, you mm-hmm. know, preschool age daughters. And they just lost their dad. And it made it hits home how much impact we can have by just Right. Taking, you know, the opportunity of the good fortune we've been given mm-hmm. for however long we have it, it will not last forever, uh, to help people. Yeah. You know, that's that that that's and I'm like, I now feel an obligation, not like I'm pissed that I have the obligation. I have an obligation that I love that I have the ability to do that not I, I we as a show have to do, which is when there is an opportunity to help people. Because of our audience, we are going to be able to help people. Yeah. And that is not why I got into this. I got into this to call Cardinal Games and somehow wound up anchoring television news and then getting into radio. Uh, But with what's happened with the show, it allows us to do things that we otherwise would not be able to do because we have this audience that supports things. Mm -hmm. So supports them in a passionate way. Um, So I've been talking here for I don't know how long. so you you've observed it, Jackson. Yeah. Both as uh, a listener uh-huh. and as a, 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 the son of uh, two people who listen and yeah. love the show yeah. when you weren't working on it, and now uh, as somebody who is working on it. So, what are your observations on these uh, these questions? Well, I just think a it's so awesome to have you know not only such loyal listeners who listen every day, but are so passionate about the show and so much so that they know. You know, when we ask something like this, when we put up GoFundMe's or ask for charity or ask for some help on some donation stuff, that they're immediately there to do it because it's it's one big family in a sense. It's one big community of listeners and who interact with the guys on the show. And that's so awesome, you know, because it's it, it really gives people peace of mind. You know, when you talk about Joe Basler, most of the people who donated to that didn't know. Oh, right. Didn't 100%. know him. But they knew that he was a fan of TMA, and that's all that mattered. And that's something that, you know, you can't, that just doesn't happen. That happens after years and years of, of, of loyal listenership, you know, and I've, I've seen where we, people have downloaded the show. It's really across the country and more so part touches all parts of the 
globe. It's incredible. Um, and I think that's just such a, a blessing. And then as far as like a catalyst or just a reason why people are so passionate about this show is, is it's just, and I kind of talked about it on the last time, after the 2013 thing, uh, the move from the man, the woman to 920, it stopped becoming a show and became the people's show. It became, if, if you're a listener, it became our show. You know, it became a show that, you know, people could like rally behind and root for in a sense where most radio shows, you turn it on, you listen to it, you turn it off, you don't think about it for the rest of the day. Not because the show's bad, but that's just because there's a lot of radio shows yeah. on. But it plays more like a podcast too. You can listen to it anywhere. But and I don't know why. So why, but the, the question is why? I think the Riz show has that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, and I, here's the thing. And I ask, I'm not asking for you to give me your theory. I'm asking because I don't have, I don't, I don't know. Uh-huh. I remember I was out playing golf with Raby and Skip Berkmeyer and, and they were talking about the show. I really don't talk, I don't talk about the show. <laughs> I, did, I think you knowing me, yeah, you can right. picture that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> What's that? I can attest. Yeah, yeah. I mean, not to say I don't want to talk about the show. I just think it'd be fucking weird right, if I right, did. Right, right. Like, I don't like to wear TMA. St- I wore right. a 101 ESPN thing one time. And I'm more uncomfortable wearing a 101. This, I'll get back to the point. Trust me. We're just going to take a little detour. <laughs> sure. Uh, one time. One time, uh-huh. and it was just because I was going to go up and putt and chip on a cold afternoon. Right. Of course, why not? Uh, and I have, like, this one, I think they gave it to all of us right, on the right. station. Right, right, yeah. And, but I kind of feel like that the 101 ESPN thing can come off as a brag, even though we both know we don't view it that no, way. No, no. But, and I don't know how many people, and it's not like it was, you know, it was cold, so it wasn't like there were a bunch of people around uh-huh. And I don't know, I was like three or four people go, oh, I see you're wearing the 101 ESPN thing, you know? And I'm just like, ah, I don't, you know, right. I don't, because I don't see myself through the prism. Yesterday, I go to see my guy. Everything, of course, revolves around golf. Just shows you how fucking messed up I am. Uh, I go to see the guy I'm working with on my swing. And uh, and this guy might be listening now. Uh, I'm getting in a cart, and you know, I'm coming around the corner to get in the, get in the cart. Uh, and the guy's, oh, Tim McKernan. And so my inclination is, oh, we know each other, right. and I feel like an asshole because I don't <laughs> yeah, recall yeah. your name. Right. And he goes, oh, you don't know. You don't know me. We've never met. He goes, I just I feel like I know you because I listen to the show, and I, yeah. you know, and, and yeah. then we start talking, and we talk about golf and bullshit, and, he, you know, while I'm getting my, you know, session in with my instructor, uh, he's standing next to me, and we're bullshit, and we're bullshit more, and he asks if I want to play some now that I'm done with my – Session and you know I I love I love that but yeah. I don't view myself at all through that because it's a weird deal because there's a chance people know you but there's a much better chance they don't yeah but if they do know you they really feel like they know you mm-hmm. and so my instructor goes who knows nothing about me uh, I mean he knows what I do now but he he goes. There isn't a time when we're about to start our lesson out here where somebody hasn't walked up to you and started talking to you. And the guy goes, oh, he's famous. I go, I'm St. Louis famous. And I don't even know I would call it that. And I said, and that's the worst kind because it's a small town. Everybody gossips and makes shit up. And God only knows what the fuck people say at this point. And also at this point, I don't fucking care. But I can't even imagine. Um, And then also it doesn't necessarily come with you know, like if you're famous, famous, it's like, okay, fine, fuck it, who cares, I've got so much money, yeah. you know, it yeah. uh, isn't, 
It doesn't, unfortunately, doesn't come with. No, that. it does. That's the thing. So it's like the worst kind. Yeah. It is the absolute. I I don't want any of it anyway. I think uh-huh. anybody listening to this knows that that's the case. God, uh, it's. I swear. I think I, I've said it a few times on this podcast. It's one of the reasons I love being in Jupiter. I remember. Here's just a little anecdote. We will get back on the the interstate, but we're mm-hmm. just going to drive around off to the the outer right. loop right now. Right. And I won't say who said it. Not that it fucking matters, but some of the listeners would know. When I got divorced, you know, and we're talking 15 years ago, and I mean, you know, if I'm quote unquote famous now, I absolutely wasn't then. Uh-huh. I mean, you know, uh, but I was going through a divorce, you know, and this person told me and told me years later, like only a couple of years ago, I went to see somebody and I can't remember who it was because it was a doctor. Part of me then wants to, like, <laughs> yeah. you know. Yeah, find out who they, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, you know Tim McKernan. He's getting divorced. I can give you all the detail on that. And I'm going, I mean, if you really want it, I can, I mean, I, can, I, can, I was yeah. there. And right. I can tell you that, you know, this and that and, you know, what, what it's not as titillating. I yeah. bought a house at the end of 2007 and we were, you know, it wasn't a great time to buy a new home. And no. we would calmly discuss, you know parting ways but we got this house and so we got a situation on our hands here but you know listen it but it doesn't matter because people and i guess that's the way that it is i I guess it goes on i i hate it but at the same time after a number of years i don't i don't know i don't want to say i don't care i don't know you can't do anything about it i guess that's kind of it's like we talk about our iggy and me member guests Mm mm-hmm I just want to play well, and if it winds up leading to us doing well, right. then then great. Yep. But I can't control right. anything else, and so I can only control what I can do. And you kind of get there. And I guess it is kind of, it's like the serenity prayer. You're just kind of like, give me the serenity to control, or yep. accept the things that I can control, whatever the hell the prayer is. You're not right. shocked you'd hear me not be able to recite it. But you can't control it, and it's unfortunate, but it is what it is, and it is kind of a small town, and so that stuff comes with it. But Raby and Skip, when we were playing that day... They were, you know, being very complimentary about the show. And I think at the time, Raby was filling in for Doug. Yeah, yeah, And And Raby had worked at Cam Wex for all those years, and he had worked in Memphis. And he goes, the thing is, the show doesn't need sports. The show is about the show. And so that's the secret of the success. Yeah, that's a good point. It's a really interesting You point. know, yeah. that's the show is about the show yeah so when the pandemic happened and there wasn't sports and i think dan caesar called me or emailed me and he goes how are you guys handling it? i go it <laughs> sucks at the pa-. i'm like yeah, how, how are we handling the pandemic i mean we're handling like everybody else it sucks yeah. and it's brutal and you know i'm just trying to get through the time and, and he goes no how are you handling the show and i go i'm just doing the same shit <laughs> you know we avoid talking about pandemic because my god i'm getting hate mail on it but yeah, sports wise, God, can you? Okay, let's do this, and I'm gonna get your reaction. Let's say, oh, I, I just saw it. <laughs> I, I literally know what you're about to ask me. Let's say we were doing balloon party yep. in March of 2020. Oh my God, we'd be doing a lot of Mount Rushmores. Oh my God, we'd be ranking games we enjoy. I think I would probably just go. I don't fucking care. I'm just gonna do what I do. if you want me out, fine. Ooh, it doesn't yeah. matter because I'm just. I'm not going to do Mount Rushmores, and <laughs> you know. Joining us now is, you know, John Tudor to give us his perspective on his start in 1985. You know, I just, holy shit. Yeah, I'd say that that would be like, that would be crazy. So when it gets to like the why, it's not a plan. I don't know. I'm certainly grateful that what the result is, but I don't, I don't, I don't know why. I don't know why. I guess 
the the I don't I don't know I don't know I don't know how or why but I but it did start with the morning grind mm-hmm. so this isn't it's just it's just larger and more intense now and by that I mean the the attachment people feel to the show mm-hmm. uh, we joke about the DMs Iggy gets I I really kind of am curious I'd like to do a deep dive on that if you'd yeah. be willing to share them because <laughs> I just don't know what the fuck people are DMing about <laughs> just in general. You know, but when people do reach out to me and I get the QFTA emails or they want an introduction to a client and I love it. So for real, email me or if there's something they think something's wrong or something is wrong or the breathing is back. I get those. (laughs) Uh, God, what was the one? Oh, I showed you the video I got via Twitter Ah, of the way that the hat was packaged. Yeah. Either way, whatever. It's fine. It's part of the deal. And I'm, I, you, you know, because there's going to come a time where people aren't emailing and DMing. And, yeah. you know, You're I don't know right. if I'll miss it, but, you know, it'll just be a clear indication that mm-hmm. it's over. Yeah. You know, uh, that the DMs that, that Iggy gets and, and that what comes to people feeling like they know you, it's, it's, a, it's, it cuts both ways. But I certainly, if you know, like, if the alternative is to do, like, all due respect, four hours of balloon party. Or doing, you know, four hours of TMA. Yeah. I don't think it's a secret that I would rather do this style because this is just more, you know. I mean, this is this is really the, the podcast is essentially exactly what I love because it's just free flowing and I just mm-hmm. go, you know, I can talk how I really talk and yeah, say yeah. fuck if I need to. Um, but yeah, TMA that's my style of thing, yeah. and I think it breeds loyalty. And I think there is an understanding <laughs> in in radio in general and broadcasting in general that this is the stuff that you can't create in the lab. This can't be duplicated by automation. This can't be duplicated by, uh, you know, AI. This is this is this personality element, local element, or, or feeling engaged with personalities. Liking personalities is nearly as important as disliking, yeah. or excuse me, disliking personalities is nearly as important as liking personalities. It's a fucked up thing. I've got it going on with one of my podcasts that I listen to. There was a guy on the podcast of the group, and I find myself going, God, I can't fucking stand this guy, and wow. I hate when he talks, but I like the show so much. Right. And I'm like, I know, and I'm sure it's the cat. I'm sure I'm that person for some people. I'd be surprised if you're that person for some people. At be. some point, you probably will be. Yeah. Uh, I think Iggy is probably that person for most people, the plowhawk. I think, Doug, when we would talk politics, depending on what the political spectrum would be, it would be in that category. Point being, we all have people who hate us on the show. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, But it's important because that means people are emotionally engaged. But it sounds counterintuitive. Right. I think it's kind of a two-pronged thing, one of them being very relevant. The other one is kind of out there. But it's a thought I've had for a while. One is it's a show about its character development. You know, Unintentional, but yes. Right. Characters come on the show and... You either grow to love them or, you know, get super familiar with them where you're very comfortable listening to them and enjoy what they have to say or on the opposite hand, dislike them, but you still love the show. And that's really important because you get in your car, you do whatever you're doing and you throw your earbuds in. I know for me personally as a listener, when I was like in college, it was just like I'd walk to class, I'd throw my earbuds in. If I just felt like I was home. It mm. felt like if it was like, you know, right when you you know, get home after you haven't seen your parents in a while and you go to your, sit in your yeah, parents' I know couch. talking about that feeling. Yeah. And it's just like, okay, I'm comfortable, I'm home. And there's that comfortability with the show and you know that no matter what's going on in your life from seven to 10 or for three hours on a podcast, you're going to listen to the same guys you listened to when things were different in your life. So it's yeah. it's kind of that, you know, the biggest, constant, yeah. the biggest constant in life is change, but luckily like TMA will always be there. Or 
in a sense. <laughs> in a sense, and that's kind of nice. Well, the archives will always be there. Right. The main, the other thing that I have that is out there, but I think it is, going? is really important. Do you remember when cell phone companies kind of just gave unlimited data away as like part of yeah. the internet pack? Like it used to be really expensive to get unlimited data and you used to get like two gigabytes a month, which was not very much. Yeah. And then they gave you unlimited data, kind of threw it in there. Because there was a time where if you wanted to use internet on your phone, you had to be on Wi-Fi. Yep, 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 yep. And I think it was like 2016, maybe 17, unlimited data, whether you have Verizon, AT&T, T-Mobile, kind of got thrown into the package. And then you could li- you could really listen to TMA anywhere. Anywhere. Because, I mean, and streaming yeah. something with your phone closed you're doesn't right. take up that much yeah, data. That's, that's when the podcast second boom came. Was right. Then. You're right. That's Because you got unlimited data. You could, on a car ride, you didn't have to worry yeah. that, like, yeah. oh, I'm right. low this on is, my... That's a nice observation, sir. Uh, thank you. It's just, like, I'm low on my gigabytes. Can I still stream? Can I still listen to the podcast? Because I'll be on internet. Or do I have to download it before I leave? And then unlimited data came along, and you're like, I can listen to it anywhere at any yeah. time because it doesn't affect it's not going to make me pay Interesting. more yeah that that's a hundred percent right because i feel like there's kind of been not a kind of it has like the 2013 was probably the most pronounced uh-huh. now if the show not to say that this is even being talked about but if the show were to somehow get popular beyond st louis mm-hmm. uh that certainly would be a moment i'm not expecting it or like i said is it even being discussed it's been asked before but it's not like it's like there's war, you know. So I mean, what the? It's it's not like you go into other markets at this point. People just no. you can listen. To, we're in other. We're in every market in the world. It's right. Just like anybody who has a podcast. Right. Is in every market in the world. So it's different in that standpoint. But, um, yeah, that I feel like sixteen seventeen was an uptick. Although that is the moment, as I said last week, when talking about how the shit that went on in twenty thirteen was easier than the shit that's gone on the last few years. Mm-hmm. Because the audience was all with us, and I and I and if anything, I enjoyed the fight because the right. audience was with us. Yeah, yeah. And recently, um, in uh, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, uh, 20 was probably or nineteen was the low point one for me mm-hmm. when the Plowhawk thing happened, and I somehow got blamed for that. Which still, I don't even know how that happened, but whatever. Right. Um, that the audience was. Like looking for things to, to, like I became the bad guy, mm-hmm. and and again I don't want to say that I, I, I don't want to say I don't care, and I also don't want to say I care. I don't. I just don't even know what the fuck it is. So mm-hmm. it's like it's like fighting air, you know. So <laughs> right. I can't. So I have no idea. I just. It's just. It's just. It, you know, whatever. So with regards to upticks, that was another uptick. But that one was kind of a double-edged sword uptick in 2016 because I was portrayed. Well, I, I wasn't portrayed. I was the president of the company. But the thing that wasn't accurate is that I I was I wasn't making the moves. Right. Right. Exactly. So public. It was the yeah. wor- it was the worst kind of thing. Yeah. You know, I think there was attention given because one of the questions Timmy Recaps asked was about jealousy. Uh, there was attention given because there's this article about me being the million-dollar man or whatever the mm-hmm. hell it was. And um, that just that that ruined a lot of relatability, uh, which is ridiculous because it's not like I was making a million dollars a year. Uh, and then there was a lot of envy. And then when moves were made that I absolutely would have never, ever, ever made uh, because I can't say anything, mm-hmm. then I just have to sit there and just yeah eat it. Yeah. But 
the thing got more popular than, um, yeah, and it just kind of has been steady. And then I don't know what to attribute the last seven months. I honestly don't. I, well, I mean, I, I guess it's obvious. I, it, it, the, the, the increase, the size of the increase, I don't know what, I'm surprised by that. Uh-huh. Because as you know, and I will say it here, because, you know, having an honest conversation with the people, you know, who listen to this thing and obviously care about it if they're listening to it, I still feel like there is so much more we can do. Yeah. Now, part of that is the way that I am built, you know. Right. Uh, I truly envy Doug. Uh-huh. I swear I do. First off, I think he's super wise. I say that from a sincere standpoint. Yeah. Um, but I envy, and then Doug, I think I don't think Doug would necessarily say he envies me, but Doug has said that, because he is so, I don't know what the right word for it would be, I guess laid back or passive mm-hmm. when it comes to career stuff, he feels like he's missed out on things. Mm-hmm. Whereas I'm sitting here going, this is great. And I almost wanted to say it yesterday in the sales meeting where it's just there. And it's great. I mean, listen, it, the, the praise that we get, mm-hmm. you know, is... It's awesome. And I'm saying, I hope it doesn't come off as a brag. I want people to feel excited for the show because yeah. I know they love the show. It's not right. a brag. You know, it's not like the praise leads to me being able to to buy a home in Huntley or anything no. like that. It's just they get it and they now see it and they're going, holy shit, we can do so much more with it. And yeah. I say we can do so much more. And I don't have a doubt in my mind we can. There's a few things in my mind. It's like I want to add to the staff or I want to, you know, yeah, no take doubt. some things off your plate so we right. can do more. And, uh, and and but the management is behind it because it's not like I am the person paying people. So that's so it has the management has to be on board. They're on board with it, and that allows us to do more. So I see it as an opportunity to do more. And what was frustrating in sixteen and seventeen, it's like I'm doing so much just to keep it alive because yeah. I have to be act as the president of the company. When in reality, you know, I'm not. Mm-hmm. And then it became just, you know, really truly. And I guess Iggy was taught to hold a story about it, and then. Maybe Raby did, or somebody else told the story of the Plowhawk. I mean, a few people told stories about like being out in the golf course with me and how I would be on the phone. And because it's not a part of my and, and being on the phone with people at KFNS, oh yeah, I uh, those ownership management, that it's not it, it's so distant in my mind now. It hasn't been a part of my life for so long, even though it's only been you know however long months that it seems like a different life. But that was my life, and then. Getting on the phone with each guy on the show, probably about monthly, mm-hmm. and it's essentially like, what is it now? You know, that's what that's what it was. Right. And, you know, it was really that, you know, I, th- I think maybe, I don't know. I mean, I couldn't do it because I know it would have happened. People would have gotten fired if I did go public mm-hmm. with it, um, as, as is exactly what happened when we were buying it, and then we decided after terms were changed that we were not going to buy it that the cat and the plowboy were let right. go uh, it was called a furlough but they were let go and that was punitive uh and so you just kind of see what we we're dealing with there mm-hmm. and then there was more later on and you know it just became like okay I, I'm, I'm offering to leave you don't have to pay me and they wouldn't let me leave so it's like okay i guess clearly we're just going to have to ride this out until the end of my contract and then we will make our move and it's great that we were able to make the move but honestly it's great that it happened. It's sad that it took this long, mm-hmm. and I can't. And I know, and, and you know, I guess uh, you know, we just had Todd Callahan's father in um, for a sound story just mm-hmm. now. Plowhawk and myself, and you were in. And I don't know if you heard us talking or not. I don't know what you can hear in your your oh, I can Horton Watkins studio. On and hear everything. everything yeah. yeah. And we were talking about it, and he was actually talking about some of the stuff. And I'm like, God, I can't believe his dad knows this stuff. And when I was out playing golf with Todd, 
I was saying, you know, he was just so happy for us and Iggy was out there and and I go, you know, the thing is, is we're doing the exact same thing we were doing last year. Mm-hmm. And then we were the bad guys. Yep. And now we're doing the exact same shit. Yep. And now we've never had more. Right. And it's just, it, it's, it's, here's why it's sad. It's sad because we had to go through it. And it's been a long fucking road of a lot of stress. It's probably cut years off my life, as mm-hmm. sad as that might be to say, but it probably did. And it's also sad because Doug's 66 and Iggy's 65 and, you know, the math is what the math is. And that that's just, you know, that's that's a shame because yeah. this could have been doing this years ago and we wouldn't have had gone through it. And that is why when I talk about what has happened, um, and like I think I did something with Jay on a QFTA and you were on it. Mm-hmm. And I say it and I hope it, I hope people, you know, I don't know, I guess I can't control what people how people receive it, but I swear... The people I'm happiest for, it's not me or my wife or my sons. Honestly, we're fine whether I'm doing a podcast in Jupiter or in St. Louis or whatever. I'm so happy that two guys who are talented in totally different ways, Mm -hmm. certainly wouldn't be two guys who would ever hang out together uh, if we didn't work together, in Doug and Iggy are appreciated here on the the back nine of their careers Mm. for how talented they are, number one, and how great of coworkers they are. Yeah. And I think Doug being a great coworker isn't really a surprise. I mean, if if you heard Doug Vaughn was a shit disturber, you'd go, no fucking way. Right. You know, yeah, like if somebody guy. told me that, I go, eh, something, you must have it wrong. Right. Yeah. You know, other people, I can go, yeah, absolutely. I see it. <laughs> yeah. But the thing is, Iggy's not a shit disturber. Mm-mm. He's not a shit disturber. Nope. He's just not. I know it. I know people may think it, and I don't blame you for thinking it, by the way, right. but he's just not. No. He's not. He was on my payroll at times. And I remember when the whole thing started up with Hubbard, you know, a year plus ago. Uh, and I'm, you know, talking about the whole group coming over. And there's a little bit, you know, what's the deal with that Iggy guy, you know? <laughs> you, know we, you know, we know he's been let go a bunch of times. I said, right. I get it. I said, I don't blame you for asking. You know, yeah. I can't I can't go, hold on a second. I can't be defensive. And I go, I get it. I understand it. But he was an employee of mine. He received paid from inside STL for, I think, a few years. Uh, And I said, I know maybe the hedonism stuff is weird to people who, you know, I mean, certainly it's not like the minority. I'm sure most people probably find that to be odd. Uh, Right. But 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 I'm telling you, as far as a guy goes, I say he's fucking great. I said the whole group is a great group of people, and I wouldn't put, you know, I wouldn't put my name on this and risk a deal if I didn't feel this way. Mm Mm-hmm. And so maybe that's why people, you know, because the, the question's asked, like, the why? And I really, I honestly don't know. I mean, first off, it, it is, you know, it's, you have really hilarious motherfuckers who don't really care talking. And I guess that's rare. I right. guess. I'd, or it was rare when it started. Now with everybody having a podcast, it's not as rare. Right. You know, like Pat, we played a soundbite on Balloon Party and we also played it on TMA today where Pat Maroon and Pat McAfee are motherfucking Stan Kroenke saying fuck like I don't even know how many words. Don't we bleep it? But that's how people talk now. Yeah. And so when we were first doing it, it's like, oh, wow, tee-hee-hee, these guys are, you know, they're bad boys. Yeah. You know, and then there'd be people I would know from the East Coast and go, God, it's so weird that you guys are considered to be, like, rogue because, if anything, you would be considered conservative AM, yeah. in New York or Boston or right. D.C. or whatever. I'm like, this is just the shit that we think about and talk about because it's what we're interested in. Yeah. 
It's not like we're like, okay, you guys got to talk about the Cardinals, and one guy's got to condemn ownership, and one guy's got to yeah. be pro. I'm like, oh, fuck that. I'm not yeah. interested in it. Right. So I think the reason it works, which might be the reason why Barstool works at a much, much bigger level, is because it it is real. And it is real. Organic. Yeah, it's yeah. organic. Yeah. And I think people can buy in and then relate to it, yep. which goes back to that whole relatability thing. Right. And that, that's, I think, how most people consume sports, too. Like, it, you're going to be rare to find, you know, uh, somebody who's like so into every little analytic of all four major sports. Like, there's no way that's possible. Yeah. And, it's, uh, and even if you do find them, it's such a small audience. You're not going right. to be able to make a living talking to them. People catch. 25 to 30 Cardinal games a year, maybe more, maybe a little less on each end. They catch 25 to maybe closer to 40 or 50 Blues games a year. They'll watch Mizzou game, football games when they're on. But they, at the end of the day, they're not living and dying with every single thing. But they like to talk about it, but that's not all they want to talk about. Right. Not for three hours. And so when you have that, when you have a show that will touch on Cardinals, Blues, Mizzou, whatever sports are on, golf, but then also, you know, mess around and be organic for three hours. It's so much easier to come back to that than oh, a show yeah. that's oh, just going to be breaking down in little 15 to 20-minute spurts of each sport. And then, you know, and then someone making a convoluted take that they don't believe. So in. along those lines, the, the final question he asked is, are you aware of, or something, let me read it so I just don't mess up what he asked uh are other shows and hosts in the market jealous or envious that you know of that i know of no am i you know sixth sense on it yeah but i don't think i don't think so like anymore i think there i think if anything honestly i think well specifically at the, in this building it's the truth as i always say when we talk about it iggy certainly really pours it on when he talks on the radio but the truth is this hallway that we're a part of here is full of shows that are so successful or personalities who are so successful in this industry that it just, it is, it's such a healthy environment. It really is like being a part of the SEC, you know, but not being, you know, one of the doormats. It's, it's, it's just, yeah. And, and therefore there is a pride when you're in the SEC. So everybody's chanting SEC. They're not chanting necessarily roll tide. They want Alabama to win. Now, maybe if you're an Auburn fan, you don't, but, you know, I think everybody else does, even LSU fans, even Ole Miss fans. They want Alabama wins. They want the SEC to win. And that's kind of the way I would describe it because there's a pride in what's assembled here. Yeah. You know, is Tommy, I don't know if he wants to, I don't fucking care. Is he, he's, I got everybody I want. There's nobody else I, I got. You know, and once I got you guys, that was, you know, you know, and obviously things change, and then, but everything he's got, you know. So I think where that would come from would be from people who aren't necessarily, you know, having. Yeah good run so right. to speak but in this building yeah. but in this yeah not at all if anything like they just built us our show is a, a specific studio yep and i was walking in yesterday uh from having lunch with the great james carlton sponsor the podcast and greg jost is a salesperson here and walking up the stairs and i was following uh anthony stalter and jamie rivers in yep and I said, is it just you two guys today or is uh, Brad Thompson on the the call of the Cardinal game? And they go, oh, BT, you know, we don't even know who he is anymore. He's gotten so big. <laughs> and then Stalter goes, well, look at you. Look at that studio that has built you. My yeah. God, you're getting too big time as well. Busting balls. Right. But in, a, in a, you know, other environments, that would be a thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, I remember Tommy, like the downloads we just talked about. I don't know if I talked about the specific number or not, but whatever. I remember asking Tommy 
when the downloads, and they go, oh, my God, look at the number of downloads of TMA. And then the Tim McKernan Show podcast, too. Yeah. And I go, is it all right if I talk about that, you know, when we're talking with advertisers? He goes, fuck yeah. He looked at me like I was crazy. And I goes, why wouldn't you? And I go, well, I just feel like if I would have talked about it like at maybe other places, other hosts would have gotten upset, that, yeah. you know. And I and I and the thing is, I know it. I yeah. I'm a hundred percent sure of it. But it's just a different deal. And so to answer the question, yes, but I don't think so anymore. I, especially, I think for people who are younger, uh, I think if anything, there's an appreciation and kind of going, man, I'd love to be able to do what those dumb shits do because I think I'm a hell of a lot funnier than them and. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm going to do it better, and I'm going to make more money. And that's how you should look at it. Yeah, you should be happy that people are making a nice living for fucking off because if you want to go fuck off and make money, now you know it can be done. Yeah. You know, that's whether you like Barstool or not, what they have been able to do, it opens doors for people who otherwise would never have gotten into this shit. You right. know, I mean, I couldn't, happy, I couldn't uh, possibly be happier for Riggs. Right. Because he just you can clear, he's just he's a fan of the game of golf and he's just grateful for the opportunity. Right, he went to Harvard. Like, you, know? you know, I don't think, <laughs> yeah, I don't think he yeah, left high school shit. thinking like I'm really trying to you know have a golf podcast. Right, hell no, man. And so you just so I think you know I've noticed that because I don't go to things anymore. I really don't. It's not an exaggeration. I, I mean, don't it's cert- go to things. I just don't. <laughs> I mean, I hear Stern talk. I really don't listen to that much anymore. I'll, I'll listen. I had Post Malone earlier this week. I'm looking forward to listening to that yeah, interview. That um, but when I am listening, I mean, I'm like, God, this poor motherfucker. He's out of it. I mean, don't get me wrong. This poor motherfucker. He's sitting in a mansion in the Hamptons. But like, he's just like, now he's so this is like a yet another thing that I'm ripping off. I mean, I, I'm exaggerating when I say I don't go anywhere, but I really don't. I don't go to games, uh-huh. nor do I have any interest in going. I'm looking forward to taking my sons to games. Yeah. And if I can go to the Masters someday, that's what I'd look forward to. Point being, I don't see people in the media like I used to when I was doing TV. Yeah, right. Like when you go that's to the press box and stop by and see people. But when I do, like spring training would be the time. Yeah. And it, that's, you know, it's been a couple of years now. Um, and I just, I feel like there is... Uh, I don't know. I don't know what the right word for the from the for the most part. Almost everybody in St. Louis media, for real. Uh, now I don't know everybody because again, you know, it's not because well, I can't possibly be bothered. It's I don't go anywhere, right. you know, <laughs> so I haven't met them. Uh-huh. Uh, so then I find out that this person's covering this team, and I'm like, oh, was that? I just didn't meet him back in the day when I was doing TV. Of course, I would have seen him and talked to him and all that stuff. Uh, hell, that's how the cat Martin and I, the morning grind started, uh, from being around the ballpark together. That uh, that I think there is a a happiness slash appreciation slash respect for the fact that the thing is still going, and they, I don't know, I don't know if they necessarily, I don't know how to describe it. Like, they know what it's like because they do it. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know what it's like to work at the Post-Dispatcher at KSDK. I know what it's like to work at KMOV, albeit that was a while ago, or radio stations. So we all deal with things that the public probably doesn't know mm-hmm. when it comes to, for the most part, a business that is shrinking. Now, some things are growing, podcasts, but, you know, other things are shrinking. And so, therefore, I think when you're in the game and you play the game and, you know, I don't know, maybe it's like a poker player. And all of a sudden, you see you've known you know, so-and-so for a while, and now you see so-and-so have some success with it, playing the same thing that you do, maybe it makes you go, okay, fuck, good. Yeah, right. I see that. I now know that it can happen. Yeah. And so, if anything, I would actually say 
yeah, I can think of, I could probably give you a few names. I won't, but I could give you a few names where I'm like, I know that the hate is is strong and I know it's envy, but you know, whatever, I'm sure bullshit is spun. Um, or it's just been a real, you know, rough run. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for real, for every one of those, I would say there's three or four who are just, you know, probably don't even think about it, but if they do, are like, oh yeah, I mean, good mm-hmm. for those guys, right. you know, because right. I got, I got, I got a little idea of the, some of the shit that they've gone through because I've gone through some of mine and I'm so, I mean, it's been two decades and those motherfuckers are still doing it. Mm-hmm. And I think that is probably actually more of the attitude. Now it's not to dismiss jealousy, but that's, I would say that that is probably more of the attitude, Yeah, which might sound surprising, might sound refreshing, might sound expected. I don't know, but that's, that's, that's my assessment. I don't, feel like when I show up at spring training, for example, and there's a bunch of people I haven't seen in years because, again, I don't go anywhere. Uh, and they're like, oh, this motherfucker, right. you know. Right. Um, there's, you know, it's just like I'm just seeing people I hadn't seen in a while, and we bullshit, and it's great to see them, and mm-hmm. it's, you know, I don't know. I guess I'm kind of an elder statesman now, Jackson. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I don't Season I feel like I don't feel necessarily that way. Season but veteran. I guess, you know, I, I guess I've been around the market since 2000 when I was 23. And uh, yeah, what's it going to be like when you're the elder statesman? Oh, I think I'm going to age into that gracefully. <laughs> I could see myself getting old really well. Wow, look at you. Yeah. This is that Joe Burrow swag that Lisa Ann was talking about. Yeah, I'm telling I think old age is going <laughs> to. Just fall super gracefully on me. It's going to be great. Really looking forward to it. Oh, God. Uh, yeah, so Timmy recaps. I don't know. I Always hope brings I, it strong, that Timmy He recaps. does. When he when he goes, he yeah. doesn't, he doesn't, you know, it's like a, like a Timmy Tom Tom email. He right. picks his spots. Pick your spots. Just he plops, picks it's his like spots. when you see a Chappelle special come up on Netflix, you're like, oh, yeah, what do we got he here? It. So when I saw it, and I'm like, oh, he's going on a deep dive. I'm like, I'm anxious to see what it is, because I know whatever it is, it's going to think of something right. I thought about. Right. I, I, I honestly hadn't thought of that. But it then leads to a few other things. I mean, it really is a compliment to the audience. It truly is. Yeah. And I almost feel like 100%. I say it so often that it, it that it can ring hollow. Mm-hmm. You know, like Iggy and the Hubbard thing. Now it's almost like a like a caricature. You know, <laughs> of a guy just trying to kiss ass. Right. You know, so he can get on KC. <laughs> one big boy to get on KC. But in reality, I know it's how he really feels. 100%, but yeah. it, he says it so damn often. But I say the same thing. I mean. Uh, it, it, this isn't possible without this ridiculous audience. Yeah. But I mean, I mean, ridiculous. I mean, ridiculous support of this audience yeah. who really are truly people I look forward to seeing. Yeah. Now, don't get me wrong. There are some I go, oh, fuck. <laughs> right. But, but you know, we're talking about one out of a hundred. Yeah. Uh, the thing is, and the thing is, and maybe one of my theories on why I've become, in some people's minds, the bad guy outside of the, my contract is... Uh, is the, the only interaction they will have is TMA Lives. And, and again, that's the handful of people who go to those things. Uh-huh. And the weird thing is for me with TMA Lives, it's like if I was doing a live shot it, for KMOV, that's work. Yeah. But for them, that now we're, we're both at the same thing. Yes. And from their mindset, yes. so you know what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah, because you're, you're doing a lot of press. Let's get some, it's have some drinks. It's like, right, well, and then it's a social thing. Right. But it's war- it is work. Yeah, it's work. But, but I mean, that's how like, I would judge people with the Cardinals. I'm like, man, he's an asshole. And then I'd go, God, now I have this perspective. Right, exactly. It's, I'm like, it, God, he's got to get, get working, especially if he's kind of a borderline guy. Yeah. And he, if he, he's got a week to try and make this work. And he right. doesn't want to do a two-minute interview or a 10-minute sit-down interview. I totally get it, you yeah, know? 100%. So, and I think, uh, 
like the like the, the dotham after the broadcast of the dotham is is so much more of like a, oh it's yes that's a social kind of it's great to meet the listeners and hang out with them whereas at a TMA live we are legitimately like that is we're doing it is a show work. and, and honest and then being really I think we've kind of said it before it's the worst show we do yeah without question yep it's the worst show we do mm-hmm. but. You know, it, because it, we're just, it's just not as good. No. I, you know, I know a Franco Pinion, for example. He does absolutely no on remotes. I think Rizzuto's a no on remotes. I mean, you got to do them sometimes, but right. they'll do remotes where they make appearances, but they're not doing a show. Right, different. And yeah. in that setting, I don't. I, I th- then it's, I love it. Like the yeah. guy, like I was talking about that I saw it at the at the, at the golf course, and uh-huh. I'm like, oh man, this is great. I lo- I have a chance to bullshit, you yeah, know, and right. I love it. I love it because we obviously have something in common. We probably have a similar sense of humor because yep. we like yeah. the same shit uh so anyway man i don't know it's I, I love these questions and i guess apparently people like these i don't i didn't really intend the, the podcast to Not turn really into like feedback. a 30 for 30 on tma <laughs> in the morning grind but if this is what people want i'm happy to give it Absolutely. especially as we approach the 500th episode so we know 499 i guess is going to be the morning grind and right. how it all started which is kind of like the beginning of the that's like the origin story yeah i, I mean people and I, love and an origin story and there, i mean it really it could have started in 2000 it really actually started at the cardinals playoffs against the diamondbacks in 2001 and the Super Bowl against the Patriots. As weird as it now, it didn't come on the air until February, or excuse me, July of 2004. But that's when the wheels went in motion. Uh-huh. Um, and then how it finishes, um, which, you know, was really fucking sad uh, in the sense that, you know, the way that it all went down with producer Joe getting whacked and Martin quitting and the yeah. cat getting whacked and then the five or six months where they were trying to get me to quit, but I wouldn't quit, you know, under any circumstance. Fuck, it was, there was no way they were going to win. Uh, so, yeah, so I wonder what the 500th is. I have no idea. What yeah. will the 500th be? I know what 499 is, but what will fi- the 500th be? I'm always, and this is not something that I'm suggesting, I'm just saying stuff I like. I've, I'm always partial to Projo telling stories. God, does that make me laugh. Because Projo telling a story, he comes from a place he's not trying to be funny. He's angry and it makes you laugh. <laughs> That's the thing about him telling a story. And he gets in this, like, almost like Bryson DeChambeau press conference kind of mode where you're like, oh, something's off. You know, and I love, I mean, I, like, really like him like, I, as a guy. I love I'm surprised him. I don't hang out with him uh, more. But then again, like I said, I don't go anywhere. So it's not pot. He would have to he would have to come to my basement. I was cutting up a best of thing where he was at the post, which is right across the street here. And it was the famous night he shook Higgy's hand yeah. and said we're not cool. Um, but just him telling stories, like he was like, "Yeah, of course I slept on the station steps. I didn't want to be late for work the next day." <laughs> He's unbelievable. He's unbelievable. Uh, yeah, and I didn't realize at the time. I'll say the one thing I'll say. Maybe I mean I'm not going to deep dive on Prod Joe, but uh, the thing about it, I caught him one time, and it only happened one time, uh-huh. uh, saying something, bitching about me. Not doing a Cardinal post game show at patios in like July of 2004, so or August 2004. It only been the show had only been on for a yeah, week right, or two, right. and I'm like, okay, this fucking lawn boy from Atlanta. <laughs> and I said, hey, I said, and I'm surprised I had because I'm young at that time, 26, uh, 27, whatever. Was the fuck you I like was. two or three years older than him? Yeah, yeah, he was. I was born in 76. He was born in 79, and I'm going. 
you can have a problem with me, and that's totally cool. But if we're going to make this thing work, we keep the shit in the room together. And you have a problem, you don't go outside the room and bitch to people, which really is kind of something that... Yeah, very prolific. Yeah, I, honestly, I, I am truly impressed with myself on that when <laughs> yeah. I caught Prod Joe motherfucking me. And that's the thing. I know to this day... And I don't even, I'm not saying if I needed something, but yeah, if I needed something or whatever, I just know I can trust him. Yeah. And for the most part on this show, in its entirety, for the most part, so it's not an absolute, uh, anybody and everybody who has been associated with it, at least at one time, uh, if not the entire time, it was just like, you can't get us mm-hmm. because whatever you have yeah we can go somewhere and be just fine or probably make more so fuck off if you fuck with one of us you're gonna fuck with all of us yeah and there was an understanding and i can remember a moment actually that'll be good for the uh, morning grind where the gm was trying to whack him in the cat poor fucking cat got whacked so many damn times <laughs> but then he wouldn't get whacked. uh where he was getting whacked or they were i, I tell they were trying to get they're trying to just have it be me and martin uh-huh. and they just needed me to sign something but it wasn't it wasn't like signing that he was getting fired. It was something where I don't know if I was signing like a mutual option or something like that. But it didn't assure that the cat would be on the show. And the GM goes, "Okay, well we just need you to sign it." And I said, "Well, I don't need to sign it." And he goes, "Yeah, you do." And I said, "Actually, I know I don't need to sign it, and I'm not going to sign it until Martin Kilcoin and Jim Hayes have signed as well." Mm-hmm. And I remember the look on his face where he goes, "Oh fuck!" I just it was an "Oh fuck" moment. Right. And that was the first of. You know, several. So, absolutely, for real. Probably more than two hands of those kinds of of moments. Yeah. And it was oh, it was probably the first time in my career because I was I don't know what I was. I was still in my twenties where I'm like, oh, you know, we got the juice. Yeah. You yeah. Know? We got the juice. Yeah, we got the juice. All right. Uh, we'll wrap it up here. We'll have uh, the origins of the morning grind coming up next, and come up with episode 500. Yeah. I don't even know what the fuck it would be. I honestly, I have, I don't know. So I'm trying to think of from a schedule standpoint. That would fall on so next Wednesday, of course, would be episode 499, meaning that the week following would be the 29th. Okay, so I'm trying to think of. Hmm, 29th of June. Nothing really significant, there, no. but I was thinking it would be... I don't know. I honestly don't know. I honestly have no idea. I mean, listen, here's the thing, though. I know somebody's going to come up with someone and go, right. oh, my God, yeah, that's right. it. Exactly. That's it. Because the know. audience, of course, is more creative than us. Yes, that, 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 is, that actually is... That is a truth. <laughs> that is. is a truth. I actually don't know who, you know... Like, who... I, don't, I wouldn't put anybody on the show. In the sh- I would say, actually, maybe Martin. I would say Martin. This isn't a shot, of course. I'm right. just like, Martin is able to... Yeah, you know, right. as far as the creativity, the creativity captain in the Ask show's Tony history, is like the oh my god, and like... I watched him go into character. I'll include that in episode four ninety nine. Like we were, we, we didn't talk leading into that segment. Like usually we're just fucking off, and right. just you know we'd get arrested for the shit we'd say in commercial breaks. But then when he we were out to ask Tony. And he would like he would like go Daniel Day Lewis into character. Yeah, like Jeremy Strong in Succession. He, just let him do he it. Had his, and you just go, all right, don't. And then it would take a couple minutes for him to like come out of it. It's like Whoopi Goldberg and Ghost <laughs> going into Patrick Swayze. I gotta go. I got a doctor's appointment. I'm like already late for uh, for Action Jackson. I'm Tim McKernan. This has been the Tim McKernan Show from the HomeLoanExpert.com studio. Peloton, let's go. This holiday, with the right music and the right motivation from world class instructors, we're gonna pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes, from running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. 
New members only, not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Peloton, motivation that moves you.